Hello, everyone. Welcome to the final episode of the show. This episode is interesting in that it was the actual catalyst for all of the internal work and soul searching that went into us realizing that the show has reached the end of its natural life. We are both really dedicated to following our passions and our energy, our intuition. This reading from Sean, his information is going to be in the show notes. I highly encourage you to reach out to him if you would like to learn more about your individual human design. This reading was so helpful in getting clarity around why at the beginning of the season, we were both so excited thinking that this is totally all in alignment with what we want to do. But then as we got into it, just feeling like it took so much emotional energy to get every task done. And at the same time, feeling an easy flow of communication when we would call each other and not record, but how we felt stifled once we hit record. I love podcasting. My second show, Body Liberation for All, is 100% related to the themes that my book that will be released in February 2022 is centered on, and that's decolonizing wellness. I actually recently got the official title back from the editor. Working with a publisher is amazing. This is a side note. You don't realize when you pick up a book at a bookstore or at the library how many minds go into creating the final book. It has been so wonderful, so exciting, so inspiring to work with people who have gifts in different areas to figure out how to strengthen my message and make it as clear as possible, as powerful as possible. So I'm loving that process. The title of the book is Decolonizing Wellness, How to Escape the Diet Trap, Heal Your Self-Image, and Achieve Body Liberation, a QT BIPOC-centered guide to self-love. I am so excited about it. I've known that I've had a book in me since I was a little kid. That is one of the recurring themes from my early academic life was that more than one instructor got the vibe that I would be a writer, but it didn't seem like a practical career path at all. But here we go. Once again, you ignore your intuition, but you end up where you were headed regardless. It's just a matter of how many detours do you want to take? Do you want to get right to it? As I'm using more tools to direct the attention inward to decide what it takes for me to be in alignment, what work is meant for me, what work is not meant for me, I'm shortening that gap between understanding what I want to do and actually doing it. So I think this was maybe a 20 year detour to the book. All in all, I think everything that I've done in between that time and now has shaped my current message and the end product is going to be beautiful and of service to a lot of people. So please enjoy this look into what human design is and what a reading could be like. We didn't go into the level of detail that you would get if it was just you and one other person because at the time our goal was really just to showcase what insights you can get from a reading. Sean is a wonderful person. You're going to enjoy this. 
please feel free to reach out to me and Stephanie if you want to know about our new projects and what we're working on. Stephanie is still very passionate about leadership and is focusing on her Ivati projects and YouTube is going to be one of the best places to follow Stephanie and see what new information she is releasing there. I am getting heavy into Clubhouse. Clubhouse and Instagram are pretty tightly linked. So follow me on Instagram or join the mailing list so that you can see when I am doing rooms on Clubhouse. It's a great place to connect with like-minded people and to explore themes that you don't see really being discussed in an in-depth way in other areas on social media. All right, let's get right into the episode. We are Really happy to have a special guest on the show today. Sean is here to help explain to us how human design can help you understand your purpose in life. And we are really interested to know how that might relate to our business goals or plans or vision in general. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself (laughs) and the work that you do. Hello, Dolly and Stephanie. Hello, everybody listening to this. Congratulations to yourself, just for being yourself. My name is Sean Lord, and I am a human design practitioner. I have been living and practicing the human design for four years, and I've been professionally empowering others and initiating them to their own designs for a year. My passion in life at the moment is to empower 750 million people into what they have inside of themselves, okay? The energy they need to actually live their own truths Okay, and this is through education and the human design is simply one tool for this. Everybody has access to education, yet there's so many uh, things to focus on. And what is the right education for people? Well, the right education, it depends on what's right for you. And the only way to know what's right for you is to know who you are. So this is my passion to empower 750 million people to know who they are so they can go in the right direction to live the life that they want. When you say there are other tools, what are some of the other tools that you like to use or you're thinking you might use to reach that goal? Ah, so I will have to involve myself with different people, people such as kinesiologists. Uh, Kinesiology is a study of basically asking the body questions because you can literally ask your body questions and it will respond to you with a yes or no. For instance, um, is, is eating meat actually good for me? And the body will tell you yes or no. Okay, there are different professionals that practice this. Specific educators, for instance, financial educators, emotional educators, different types of movement therapists, yeah, psychosomatic therapists, and yeah, so these type of professionals I I focus on working with to develop a platform for very simple, practical education that people can actually use on their own and not even depend on somebody to talk to. Mm, I love that. And that's not something you find all the time, healers who want to help you be independent. Usually it's more about dependence. Unfortunately, yes, yeah. that, that needs to change. And I also like how you acknowledge that you aren't the only tool, that you have expertise in a certain area and that there are other tools that people need to also turn to, because I think that's another 
thing that we see, not only that people want to make um, people dependent on them, but also that they're the end all be all and that they have all the answers to everything. And we know logically you can't have the answers to everything. You're not an expert in every area. So I really, I like that you have such a, a well-rounded perspective on people and what they need to reach their highest potential. So to get us started, Sean, can you explain what is human design? Okay. So the human design is simply a decision-making tool that gives people insight into as into where in their body they actually make decisions and where they don't make decisions. Yeah. Okay, that makes it sound really simple, but these charts look really complicated. <laughs> uh, yeah, the human design can go pretty deep, uh, but it doesn't start that way. Things start from the simple, and then you go deeper. So, okay, gotcha. So is, is it kind of related to astrology at all? To get your chart, you need to know where on the planet you were born and at what time. Or are yes. these two completely separate systems? Or is it another way of understanding, I don't know, your astrological something or other? I sound yes. so uninformed. <laughs> no, you are informed because the human design is actually a synthesis of different disciplines, okay? Astrology is one of them. And there are a few more. There's the Hindu chakra system. There is uh, the Chinese I Ching, a really ancient form of uh, reading stars. <laughs> we also have the Kabbalah with the Sephiroth, you know, the Zohar. People call it the tree of life. And we also have um, quantum physics, the human genetics, and Arabian astrology. Yeah, so there's a lot going on. Oh, that's exciting. Okay. I'm super hyped about this. I was asking myself these questions, thinking about, you know, where, where you've been, where you came from. How did you get into this? So I know you've been doing, you've been studying it for four years and practicing it professionally for the past year. How did you get into this? So I was introduced uh, to the human design at a festival, a Faha festival. Faha is a Brazilian partner dance. And I was at this Brazilian partner dance festival in Berlin, Germany. I was living in Germany for four years, studying sports psychology in the German sport university. And I love dance. So I went and I love Brazil. So I went to Berlin to, to this dance festival. And I was dancing with this woman. And she said to me, hey, you have a defined spleen. And I looked at her for about 10 solid seconds without saying anything. And then I said, okay <laughs> so then she introduced me to what the human design is this was four years ago and my passion is to get really deep into things and really understand and study so she gave me a superficial introduction right which is the way to go for all readings right and then i dove into it and i learned so much about myself i gotta share this one thing because this thing is powerful okay mm -hmm. so i have melanated skin right Right. Mm -hmm. I walk around in a world where everybody doesn't have that. Right. And there are different uh, outlooks with with uh, when I'm somewhere and the people who don't look like that, they'll look at me in a certain way. Right. Mm -hmm. I learned about the human design. My type is a manifester. There aren't many of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And they make everybody uncomfortable. And that's their oh. first everybody's first first instinct is. What is that? and they will get uncomfortable because a manifest is deeply unpredictable. 
and you can't you can't control them and you can't predict them and it blew my total understanding of what i've been experiencing in my life and i was like wow it's not my skin <laughs> it's my energy and since then i've been applying that and living that and my life has changed dramatically because i now know how to make people more comfortable and it's not manipulative it's simply uh, letting people know who am i and what is what are my intentions energetically and also verbally and it's nothing to do with my skin it's absolutely amazing now that is interesting now now that you've realized that though is it easier for you to tell when being melanated is an issue because we know at least systemically that's often an issue has it helped you cope with maybe microaggressions or hostility that you might come across since you're obviously traveling the world and you're going places where you would make up a tiny portion of the population like people with your complexion has it helped with that yeah it has helped tremendously and my whole life i've never experienced any type of direct aggression because of my appearance never and i grew up in brooklyn new york I don't know if I said that that's where I'm from. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. And until I got to Australia, really strange. And then it was, mm. I, I felt it, uh, it was pretty direct. All right. And I can see it, it's, it's different because the feeling I get from people just because of my energy, it's, it's more of, it's more innocent. I can feel a sense of innocence. When I feel it, if it's just because of how I appear, I can feel it's, it's because of, uh, um, I don't know, sloppy mental responsibility. And it's not really innocence. It's just sloppiness. And you can feel it. It feels mm. clumsy. It feels very clumsy when it's just about my appearance. But when it's an energetic thing, it feels uh, graceful. And they're innocently responding to the energy that I'm emitting naturally. It's an amazing difference. Yeah, so I'm grateful for these experiences. Oh, that's interesting. Now, did you have intuitive gifts or the ability to sense vibes maybe before and do you think this is something that everybody has like when you say that about you can feel the difference do you see that as a special gift that you have or is that something that we could all probably sense if we really try and feel it everybody has their own individual gifts everyone every single person for me i've always been very sensitive to to the people that's around me okay i'm very sensitive to the people that's around me and according to your design so are you two more than I am, actually. Even more than I am. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we talk about your charts. And yes, we're all born with gifts. And all we have to do is listen to them. Oh, I love this. This is very exciting. And I love the layers <laughs> when you said that how you were introduced to it. You're like, so about this Brazilian dance event in Berlin. I'm from Brooklyn. How did you end up way over there? So you were studying in Berlin, but you went from there to Australia or? We have you... your, like, I, I'm kind of interested in your whole timeline. I mean, you don't have to give us every detail of your life <laughs> if you don't want to, but I kind of, I want to know how you went from Brooklyn to where you are now. Ah, yeah. uh, all right. So I guess it started with this passion for international people. First, I was interested in Chinese, and then that I was going to go to China, but then it didn't happen. I went to university, and I really I saw this movie called Euro Trip. Maybe you've seen it. It's a hilarious movie about people 
I think Americans going to Europe. And I saw it, like I saw the, the way the cars are and how the people express themselves. And I said, I'm going to go to Europe. I don't know when, but I'm going to go to Europe. I don't even care where. So I was in university and I saw this opportunity to study abroad. And I wasn't able to do it for about two semesters and I was about to graduate. And I said, you know what? I don't care what it takes. I, if I have to stay longer in university, I am going to Europe. So I saw an opportunity to go to Cologne, Germany, and I just took it. I didn't care what it took, what it took, and I did it, and my life changed tremendously, dramatically. And then at the end of it, I promised myself, and I promised everybody around me, I said, listen, everybody, I am gonna come back here as a master's student, watch. And then I went back to New York, I applied, I got accepted, and then I got back about five months or six months after I said that. Oh, that's yeah. incredible. Now, when it comes to what you originally thought you wanted to do professionally, when you started all that travel, did that shift for you? Oh, that's a good question. So when I got, when I went into university in Cortland, New York, my focus was pretty simple. My focus was to actually create a system okay, that helps people master themselves. That mm. was it. And I went to study sports science. So I said, okay, I'll start with the body and then I'll go to the mind. So I got a bachelor's degree in um, kinesiology. Well, I don't want to call it kinesiology because it has different meanings. I just say sports science, okay? And then I went to the Germany to study sports psychology. And within all of this, I was uh, deep into meditation. I've been studying the work of a man named Osho. He was an Indian mystic who was from India, and then he came to the U.S. and really shook the world up. And he's still shaking the world up after he's dead. And uh, I've been applying a lot of his information and meditations for the past, for about as long as I've been in human design, or longer than I've been in human design, I've been living this. And um, so I, instead of creating a program, I actually got introduced to a program that helps a person, helps people and groups of people. Um, master themselves and how they interact with their environment. And now I see my responsibility is to actually gather people, gather people who have this, uh, this drive, this passion to educate human beings on how they can master themselves. I realize life is bigger than what I know. Uh, what I know is just a student in the world of the unknown and there are people that can assist with that. Oh, so. I love that. I love that. Oh man. Yeah, that's powerful. That resonates. I'm excited to hear how we might be even more sensitive to the people around us. What are all the types? So you said you are a manifester. Yes. And so there, there are four types and one subtype. All right. Uh, some people might not agree with me, but there are four auras and there are two types within one aura. All right, so the biggest aura, the biggest type, they're called generators. And those are the types uh, that you and, so Dahlia and Stephanie, you both share, you both have this type as a generator. Uh, the subtype is the manifesting generator. And Stephanie is that type. Then there's another type, it's called a projector. Okay. And then there's another one, it's called a reflector. So, and you all have different roles in life. It's beautiful. So the generator's role in life is to, is to empower life, literally. 
the, the whole force, the whole life force that humanity shares comes from 70% of the population. And mm. these are from generators. Generators are here to bring life to it and emanate life from itself. That's what it's doing 24-7, nonstop. You don't have a choice. That's what you're doing. That's how you were born and that's how you're going to die. Bringing life into you and emanating life out. Okay, you're here, generators are here to actually do amazing work, okay? So you can see most of the world is working, right? There's just one little thing that's off about it, okay? They're not doing the work that they love. Generators mm. are here to work, but do the work that they love. And when they're doing that, the whole world shifts. One generator, when one drain of generator is doing the work that they love, they literally influence everybody in their environment specifically. Well, could be the world, who knows, but definitely their environment, okay? And once these people are influenced, it's like a ripple effect, okay? And it could come from just one, one generator. So y'all are all very, very powerful. The key with a generator is to allow life to come to you. When life is coming to you, then you can actually take action. But if a generator tries to go ahead and do it, their whole life is going to be chaotic. And then the people around them, their lives are going to be chaotic, and that's going to be another type of ripple. So there's always a ripple. So what's the quality of it? So that's what this is about. Well, one thing that's confusing to me is knowing the difference between something that has come to me and something that I saw and I'm pursuing. Sometimes I can tell I've been distracted and I'm chasing something. But sometimes okay. I, how do you know the difference between waiting for life to introduce something to you versus you chasing things and getting out of alignment okay so the answer is always 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 in the body okay the body is the compass okay so for i'll use i'll use uh, your design as an example okay um for you it's in your your sacral center okay what is that the sacral center is in the human design we have different different centers you can see in this chart if you see the, if you look down at the bottom, there is a red square. Okay, that red square is a representation of the sacral center. That's all about work. It's all about the act of sex and that energy to procreate. Okay, and creatively bringing new projects or ideas—not even ideas—new projects or or inspirations or passions into life. Okay, you can feel that physically. For instance, if I say to you, uh, "Hey, Dahlia. Hey, Stephanie." Would y'all like to travel the world first class for free, All right? And then you would say, hopefully, <laughs> mm-hmm, all right? This is how a generator talks. That's the body. This is how you know. When the body agrees to do something, when you feel a sense of excitement coming from your lower abdomen area, and that sense of excitement is rising up, okay? That's your body saying, go, okay? Mm. If you think in your head, I want to do something, so I'm going to go and do it. Uh, everybody has an aura, and the aura functions in a specific way. The generator aura brings life to it for you to then say, ah, I'm going to do that. Okay? But mm, it's, it's really simple. It's just yes or no coming from your body. It's actually mm. much, much more simple than making it. It's simply a feeling. Um, mm -hmm, I'm going to go and do it. Or, mm -mm, that's not for me. And the key is to trust that feeling, that gut feeling. It, it, that's where the courage comes in, to trust your gut feeling. 
Yeah. How does, how would you just describe the feeling of no in your body? And does it depend on where you get your information from what a no feels like in your body? Ah, as in, as in me saying to you, this is what it feels like. And then you look, he said, it's going to feel like that. So I'm looking for this. Is that what you mean? Yeah. So if you have, if your sacral authority is telling you what's what, do you feel a yes differently from somebody else? That is an amazing question. Um, I am not a generator, so I can't speak from experience. Okay. From the generators that I know, okay, it's a feeling, a feeling that's in their belly. And if it brings you down in a way, whatever the opposite of excitement is, okay? Mm -hmm. If that's what you feel towards a certain thing, then it probably isn't the best thing for you to do. And if you need to do it, ask somebody else to do it for you, pay somebody else to do it for you, okay? And if you feel that excitement going up inside of you from your body, it could be anywhere to tell you the truth from your body. And um, if that's a yes, then go ahead and do it. And it depends on what your decision-making process is. For instance, some people can make that decision right now, okay? And some people can't make a decision in the moment because it wouldn't be healthy for them. They'll have to wait until later. Does that answer your question? Yes, it absolutely answers my question. Am I supposed to make decisions in the present tense? Yes, immediately for you. And, and where do you see no. that on the chart? So both of you are... Oh diametrically opposite regarding when you make decisions. Okay, I was gonna say, because I do not make decisions on the spot like that. <laughs> I was like, that gives me anxiety thinking about it. I hate making decisions. That's funny. That is so interesting. Yeah, this so, is fascinating. <laughs> I, I have no idea where we start. I, it's so much information on this chart. So let's keep it really simple. Would you like to start okay. with the readings? Yes. So I'll start with the one that's in front right now. That looks like Stephanie's chart. So that red square is called a sacral center. So that's how I know that you're a generator. That's how anybody who, who can read this chart knows that you are a generator. I'm talking about Stephanie at the moment specifically. Okay, and so there are nine different centers. Okay, all of these centers have different themes. Okay, for instance, we spoke about the sacral center, it's all about work and reproduction. If you see that center on the right, that brown triangle, that's called the solar plexus center. That's an amazing center that's all about emotions, it's about feelings, it's about passion, it's about deep disappointment and despair. It's about hope. It's about ecstasy. It's about going through hell and wondering why the hell you're going through hell. All of that is about the emotional, is, is through the emotional center, okay? If somebody has that colored in, colored in means it's, it's a part of you. It's something that exists inside of you 24-7, from birth until death. And it's something that you give out to the world, okay? It's where, it's basically where you are, where you as a person, that's where you exist, okay? If something is white, that's something where you receive from, from your environment, from the people around you, okay? And that's where you learn in life. We make decisions from where we're colored in, okay? We make decisions from specific, specifically um, one place, which is called our authority, 
So basically it's your compass, your body compass. So if you have this ground triangle, that means you make decisions emotionally. So what does that mean? So let's say I asked you the question, hey, would you like to travel the world first class, right? That could sound extremely exciting, right? And no matter how exciting it is, your body, if you're an emotional person, it takes time to process the decision, okay? The body itself. The mind can want to do it immediately. The mind could want to do it yesterday. The body takes time, okay? So this is about making decisions from the body. So as an emotional person, what you do is you say, ah, that sounds really good. Let me get back to you on that. Let me get back to you tomorrow. Or let me get back to you next week, okay? And you don't even have to think about it. Just waiting. And the more you wait, the more the body will get clear on if this decision is actually effective for me as, as myself. For instance, uh, will you be able to complete this whole process? Will you be able to stay there for, uh, stay on this plane, go traveling around the world for a year? Or will you have to change the deal? Oh, I can do it for three months or I can do it for a week or I want to do it for six years. And then you can renegotiate the deal or just say no. That sounds like me, <laughs> at least from what you're saying, the emotional piece. I feel when you described, you know, if you were to ask me that, it's funny because even though you didn't actually ask me that when you said like travel for a year, I'm like, logically, I'm like, wow, that would be a great opportunity. But like emotionally, I'm like, that is terrifying to leave anywhere for a year. <laughs> so um, yeah, it makes sense. That is fascinating to hear that difference. Okay, cool. So now I'm going to go, uh, I'm just going to go into the reading. It'll make it simpler for me. All right. Okay. All right. All right, Stephanie, get ready. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you, you know that you're a generator and you're specifically a manifesting generator, an emotional manifesting generator. So for you, everything is a process. Every single decision for you is a process. And, and it takes time. So say you say yes, okay? You waited, and then the next day you said, I'm gonna do it for a year. This is say, you can do it for a year, right? When you go ahead and do that, there is a process. You have to let people know what you're going to do, okay? So you're similar to a manifester. If you're going to do anything, you're going to have an impact on people around you and people if they don't know what you're doing, they'll feel threatened. And because they feel threatened, they'll want to get in your way. Okay. Because they feel threatened. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the key for you is once, once you've gotten that, okay, after taking time to go ahead and do something, just let people know what you're doing. Okay. And then okay. people, in, instead of getting in your way, they'll probably support you with what you're doing. With some decisions, there might be a process, for instance, a learning process. Say I say, I ask you, hey, would you like to learn how to fly this plane around the world, right? Instead of being mm -hmm. a passenger, all right? There is a learning process for you. If Imagine you say yes, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to learn how to fly a plane. Naturally, you're going to skip steps in this learning process, okay? Hopefully, your teachers don't allow you to skip the most important steps. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hopefully. <laughs> yes. And but you will naturally skip steps and that's healthy for you because you're here to actually skip steps because you can actually learn faster than everyone else. Okay. Oh, and, that's good and to if know. you, yeah. And if you miss a step, you'll naturally go back. Okay. The key for you is to 
simply be patient with the process. Uh, manifesting generators in particular um, truly need to be patient before doing anything because they have this drive to get things started, yet they're not here for that. They're here for something to start them, okay? Somebody else ignites them and then they just go crazy in the world and live their life. Whoa. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, and the way you can apply that is, it sounds like you're already doing it. You're allowing yourself to be patient for all decisions that you make. Even eating, even eating, be patient, take as much time as possible for every single decision. For instance, say you wanna eat a cookie, right? Mm -hmm. uh, take five seconds before you eat the cookie. Let your body decide if it's actually the, the time or the thing to eat. Okay. 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 That makes sense. Cool. And you're a very flexible human being regarding who you are. And it all depends on where you are. Okay. Everything about you and how you make decisions depends on where you are and who you're with. Place is everything for you. And you have this, this uh, amazing ability to, to blend in wherever you are. As long as you're not trying, you'll naturally blend in. So it's pretty cool, like a chameleon. Wow. And the, the, yeah, there's two sides to everything. Because you can blend in, you're very open and vulnerable to all the energies of the people around you. Okay? So what that means is that for you, it's best that you're very vigilant with who's in your aura. Okay? It can be very easy for you to be overwhelmed by somebody else's energy, and you can even abdicate your decision-making responsibility of yourself to somebody else's energy, okay? I'm saying this because of that sensor in the middle. It's white and it's a diamond. That's called the G center. That's all about identity, love, and direction, okay? People who have that totally white can have challenges of wondering who they are and who they should be and where they're going. And the reality is um, it's not a fixed thing. It's something that's very flexible and malleable. It's a very mobile, mobile way of, of um, identifying yourself because there is no fixed identity. So it all depends on where you are. If you're in the right place, okay, then everything will be right for you. Your work will be right. The people around you will be right. Your relationships will be right. And if you're in the wrong place, nothing at all works. Absolutely nothing. Wow. And I, at least thinking about myself, I feel like that is very much me. I feel as though I, I do easily take on people's energy and it's very draining sometimes. Yes, it can be deeply draining, especially for your body. You have a fourth line body. So what the hell does that mean? It means that you're here to network with other people. And that is your kind of like your life, your life force is your network, the network of people around you. And um, if they're not the right people, you're going to get extremely exhausted. When they're the right people, it will be something that will be energizing. And you would feel that you are actually influencing them. And you can earn a lot of money with them. Fourth line bodies are here to earn a lot of money influencing, influencing their close networks. So that means such as friends or acquaintances. And don't waste your time trying to influence strangers because it's not going to work. You got to know them. Wow. wow that is so deep because stephanie has been having like a a pull between what she knows she wants to do which is spend more time on linkedin because you really can form close connections there mm -hmm. versus other forms of social media where it's really about kind of just 
speaking to large groups because people say, hey, you should be over here. But then, you know, you kept saying, I feel like I want to be somewhere where you actually are connecting with people in one to one, Mm -hmm. you know, that's really interesting. That is interesting. And I, I never thought about that with the relationships or friendships I have that energize me versus the ones that I feel like I'm supposed to keep around that just drain me. It's like so much work. Yep. Wow. This is fascinating. That's good that you have that compass, that you're aware that something is draining. That's something to celebrate. And that's a signal. (laughs) Yes, that is a signal. And it's interesting. Also, I feel like I with dinner tonight I did that whole wait a few minutes because I was gonna go one way with my dinner and it was like all right just make it real quick and then I like paused and I was like wait what do I really want and it was a completely different dinner than what I I was gonna go for so that's really interesting about the eating piece Mm -hmm. I like to share one more thing maybe two more things all right Mm -hmm. regarding how how this emotional process works for you. Don't know if you're aware of it, but most definitely the people in your life are aware of it, of how emotional you actually are, okay? Mm-hmm. You're a very, according to your design, extremely emotional. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, I can agree. <laughs> okay, and you have different phases of your emotions, okay? You can become, uh, there are a phase in your life when you're going to be extremely sad, okay? And those are very special times for you. When you find yourself extremely sad, celebrate those moments. Because that's your body talking to you. It's telling you, one, be alone. And it's telling you, two, do something creative. Because there is no reason at all for why you're sad. Okay? It's actually a chemical thing that happens. Kind of like, ah, you're both women. So you know what the menstruation process is, right? There's Mm -hmm. no reason for it. You just experience it right? Mm-hmm. That's how all emotions and all human beings work. Not just women. Everybody has it. And it's all a physical thing. It's just physical. There's no reason. So say somebody, uh, somebody cuts me off. I'm driving and somebody cuts me off and I get enraged, right? It's not because they cut me off. It's just because there's anger in the body. Okay. And that's it. So we were talking about sadness. So sadness is here because everybody experiences it. Sadness is here for us to be creative doing what we love that's it that's the only reason for it regarding your your specific emotional process your emotional process deals with you living your passion and going deep very very deep into whatever you're experiencing in your life in those moments when you're experiencing something okay this is i'm giving something very practical here don't look back ever okay Mm -hmm. until the moment is done until the experience is done, then that's the time for you to reflect and that's where the learning comes and that's where the power comes. So for you, Stephanie, your power comes after reflection of an experience. So I hope you can see how important uh, the starting point is. So this is what the human design helps the most, how you start something. Wow, this, this, is, this is the education that people need around the world right now, yes. how you start something. Okay, how we start something determines everything. Okay, so as long as we have clear starting points, our life will be very fulfilling. So for you, the clear starting point is patience. 
okay? The more, the more time you take with making a decision, okay, the more time, okay? Time for you is different than everybody else. The more time you take before making a decision, the healthier your body's going to be, the healthier your mind's going to be, the healthier your relationship's going to be, and the more productive every project you enter in is going to be. Time is everything. So patience is your key. Okay. I like that. I always remind myself patience is a virtue. So I try to remind myself. So is that basically what separates or what makes me different from just a, a general generator is the, the time piece, the waiting and needing to pause? Mm -mm. No, oh. the oh. thing, the <laughs> thing that makes you different from a, a, a regular generator is your throat sensor. So the throat sensor is the, if you look, it looks like a human body, this picture. So right in the throat area, you can see a brown box mm -hmm. that's called your throat sensor. And that's what makes you different because you have that connected to a motor. A motor is, uh, I guess, uh, it's like an engine. The body has four different engines, kind of like a cow has four stomachs or whatever. The body has mm -hmm. different engines. Yeah. So you have your throat connected to uh, an engine. Okay. So because of that, that means you can, you can just get things started. You can, but it's not the thing for you. Okay. It's not the thing for you to get things started, but you can because you have the ability to literally manifest. When I say manifest, make things happen. Okay. You want to experience something new. I want to experience something new. I can go do it. So I'm going to go do it. Okay. You can do that if you want, but it's going to be an unfortunate crisis that you won't really learn much from and you're going to be scarred yeah. from it. Okay. And because that crisis is a theme in your life. But if you wait, wait for the experience to come to you, say, Hey, yeah. I'm an experience. Would you like to be a part of me? Then you say, um, I'll get back to me tomorrow. The experience comes and then you go into it and then it's a crisis, right? You won't be scarred from it. You'll actually benefit oh. from it, you'll learn from it, and you'll appreciate it. And then you can share it with other people and say, hey, I experienced this. I don't recommend doing that, but I had fun. <laughs> it's like that. Interesting. So since that the area, I find the throat very interesting because, and this might have nothing to do with it, and you can tell me if it doesn't, but I yeah. feel as though I experience a lot of emotion in my throat. Does that make sense? Like I feel my my throat tighten with any strong emotion. Like super like happy, sad, angry. I feel like my throat's tightening. Does that have anything to do with that? Uh, that would make sense because it's directly connected to your throat. Okay. Because you have okay. the ability to verbalize it and vocalize it. I'm curious if you're expressing yourself, if you're actually letting it out, because if people aren't expressing it, they can experience this, this tension here, especially if it's connected to their emotions. So I'm wondering if you're actually um, expressing it in a healthy way, channeling it. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug somebody in here. Okay, this is not me, and she's not supporting me at all with this. But there's a woman named Carla McLaren, and she okay. teaches uh, emotional dynamics. I've been learning a lot from her, I've been reading her books, and regarding how to, how to responsibly channel your emotions. Okay, and that can manifest. If you're not doing it, it can manifest in different parts of the body. So for somebody who's emotionally manifesting, like you, an emotional mm -hmm. manifesting generator, that can manifest into tension in your throat, okay? And also, I'm, oh, this is good stuff. Thanks for asking this. <laughs> as, as a manifesting generator, okay, if you're trying to go and start things and that's not what you should be doing, you're going to experience physiological consequences, okay? Thyroid issues are one of them. Oh, 
So is that is for generators too? Everybody. If you're not a manifester and you're trying to just start things, okay, even sometimes conversations, even as simple as that, it can lead to problems here because this is not working the way it should be working. As a generator, this is supposed to be working also in response. Oh. Life comes to you first. How do you build that trust that opportunities are going to come to you? You know, we're always trained to go, go, go after things. Yeah. How do you learn to wait? Ooh, I can speak from my experience, all right? I'm also emotional as a manifester. I live my whole life spontaneous. So the total opposite of what my design was, right? And uh, that's like almost 30 years, right? And I've learned after all types of mistakes that, wait a minute, this isn't working. So I have already this past experience of that didn't work. What is it like if I just wait, be patient? So I've learned that it's very uncomfortable from my experience. It's very, very uncomfortable. This is not any hippy dippy rainbow stuff. This stuff actually has uncomfortability in it. It can be painful. You can suffer. It's all the same. It's just now we have a different awareness and a different starting point with what we do. So it's uncomfortable. If your decision-making process is, is naturally different than what you've been living, it will be uncomfortable. And that's life, all right? So this is about facing it with awareness and accountability for yourself. And it doesn't take long, honestly. You know Brene Brown? Yeah. Yes, love her. Yes, so it's vulnerable. You're being very vulnerable. So she wrote this book called Daring Greatly, and I love that book. I've been applying it in my life. And it's basically being vulnerable. It's You're totally exposed, and you're exposing yourself to yourself. Now, that is the best vulnerability that I can possibly uh, even share. That's one of the best gifts that people can give to themselves. And it's all on you. You're 100% accountable for yourself. Breathe, be patient, and trust in your body. Hello, you live in your body. I mean, right. you can't trust anything more than that. <laughs> you live in it so this is Girl. all about trusting in that oh yeah that that makes so much sense that you just have to accept that it will be uncomfortable <laughs> yeah and <laughs> at it, least at first i need to practice that because i feel like i well i know that i am sometimes i'm uncomfortable with the unknown and so I try to create a known, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just, instead of yeah. sitting back and letting it come to me and just, so yeah, that's really interesting. This is all very fascinating. I'm excited to hear about Dahlia. All right, Dahlia, are you ready? All right, I am ready. All right, so as you can see, there are some differences with this one. Okay, so um, Dahlia, you are also a generator. Here's something that, that's called a pure generator. So it doesn't make anybody else impure. We just say pure because uh, the sacral center can just work as itself, okay? People who are emotional, the sacral center has to wait for the emotional authority to be clear. But if you don't have the emotional center there, you can just go, okay? Really fast, <laughs> okay? really fast. The decision is in the now, right now. All right. The key for you is when, when you make that decision, accept that you have started a process, a step by step 
by step by step process. And it will always be for your whole life a step by step by step process. And you can never skip a step for whatever endeavor, mm. project, uh, relationship, whatever it is, you can't skip any step. And if you try to skip a step, you're going to end up being deeply, deeply, deeply frustrated. Mm. Okay? Like, why can't I just get there already? And because you're not there yet. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> it's a step-by-step -step process. <laughs> Specifically for you, you're here to literally empower uh, yourself and only yourself. Okay? Mm. It's a very, I don't know, the word selfishness. I love that word, selfish. I've been learning from... Uh, a lot of people and Osho is one of them and selfishness is a very positive word basically uh, loving yourself okay so you're here to be very lovingly selfish as long as whatever you do directly supports you and everything that you do it will naturally positively impact others but in a, as a way as an example people would see you and say ah this person is really taking care of herself I can take care of myself as well, okay? So it's an indirect empowering of other people. Mm. That's how your decisions are. When you say, mm-hmm, to something, mm, that's going to empower me in a way that only focuses on me and would probably, <laughs> if at all, empower other people. So your body doesn't really care about if it empowers other people. It empowers itself only. And this is just how your body is. And according to this, you're aware of this. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have gotten a lot of negative feedback over the years about, you know, Dahlia's about Dahlia. You know? Yes. <laughs> because Dahlia is, is about Dahlia and that's healthy. And to, I, there's one key that I've been living for myself and it'll work for everybody. Okay. You know how some people say, I'm going to be me. Whether you accept me or not, I'm going to be me, right? You know how some people are like that? Yeah. Okay? I've, I've made up my own thing to myself. I said, I'm going to accept me no matter what, right? Regardless yes. of, of if I think I'm supposed to be something or something else, right? Like, I'm just going to accept me regardless. And the human design helps a lot because it's right there in your face who you are, right? So if it's, if it's healthy for you to be selfish, accept that person. And then naturally people would just accept you. That is fascinating because it's taken me years to say, you know what? I actually just kind of like how I am, even though if you're a woman, most people really are put off by you doing anything for yourself. So I got all this negative messaging about that natural tendency but it never went away. And then I only probably in my thirties decided, actually, I think I'm fine. And I'm just going to stop trying to be somebody else. Congratulations. <laughs> I envy you, Dahlia. I, <laughs> I no, I think that's a really good trait to have to just not always constantly be worrying about other people, you know, and not in a bad way. Like you care about other people, but it's like, you know what I mean? You're going to do what's yeah. best for you and listen to yourself, listen to your body when it's telling you this is good for Dahlia. Yeah. It can still get distracting when you get like the same message again and again. Like so many people have told me they feel like I should get a master's, but my body has said no, 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 no. Again and again to the master's thing. 
and I'll like sit for the GRE, enroll, take one class, quit. Like I still sometimes get swayed, but yeah, it's like if my body says no, it's a no, and it's not going to change. Good, good, good. Ah, thank goodness you're listening to yourself. <laughs> Keep yourself healthy and alive. <laughs> I like to share with you where people's uh, people can hook into you to make it uncomfortable mm. with you. Uh, you know, listening to your body. You have some. You have uh, quite a few places people can hook into you that can cause you to feel uh, frustrated with your environment. And I'm going to share with you. Okay. So the first one is the same as Stephanie. You're extremely open to your environment and very, uh, very flexible with who you are and flexible with what you do, You're flexible with uh, the work that you do. Why? Because it depends on where you are. Okay. Everything is about, everything for you is location. You won't be able to listen to your body well if you're not in the right place. Okay. Mm. The body will guide you to the right place. That's what it does. And then once you're there, all types of magic happens. Okay, so you flower when you're in the right place. Nothing will work at all if you're not in the right place. You'll be with the wrong people, wrong job, wrong everything. Everything. Even the air will be wrong. <laughs> okay? So the right place. All right? And also, both you and Stephanie have this very important center that is open. Okay? It's the heart center. This is the most important thing for you because that's where you can get conditioned to prove yourself to be something to prove yourself to be somebody, to prove yourself that you're worthy of this attention, to prove yourself that you're worthy of this acknowledgement that you have fulfilled this role that has nothing even to do with you, okay? And But it's with somebody else's curiosity that you can be this, but you're proving that you can be this, but actually it has nothing to do with who you are, right? But you'll, you just want to be free from this pressure to actually be this thing and to avoid any confrontation from anybody in your environment so you can prove that you're this thing, okay? I'm talking about all these areas where you have hooks that people can hook you in, okay? So one way to deal with that is to accept yourself as you are without this, this drive or this pressure to improve yourself at all or to mm -hmm. prove that you have this, you know, like say a certificate, I have a certificate, I prove that I'm worthy, accept my worthiness, okay? That's yeah. not for you. For some people it is. Okay, but for you, it's not. You're actually here to see, to see. You're here to discern who is worthy, who can prove themselves. Can you prove yourself? Are you worthy? Can you live your words? Can you live your truth? Can you support humanity? Okay, can you, can you provide material benefit? You're here, both you, both you and Stephanie, actually, because you have the center open. You're here to, you're like a barometer for worthiness instead of, the actual earthquake itself okay you're not the earthquake you're the barometer to measure it all right oh yeah that sounds um, right the crown center or the head center that's all about inspirations okay inspirations usually comes in the form of a question okay what does it mean that humanity created a credit system in the past okay what is it going to mean that we've created a uh, cryptocurrency for the future what does it mean that right now in this moment, we don't have a clue what's going on in our economy, right? These questions inspire us to create ideas and then turn that into some kind of action, okay? So the questions come from there, from that center. 
And so if it's open, that means it isn't all going to come from me. It's more like I process more than I generate that sort of thing. Yes. So an easy way to look at all of these sensors, if it's white, you're a barometer. You're here to reflect oh. that energy back to where it comes from. Okay. And to not make any decisions from it. So for every sensor. So that's how it works. Wow. Can I say, share something about our conversation we had with it yesterday? It was yesterday. Yes. Right? Okay. I have um, maybe two days ago. No, it was yesterday. Two days ago. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. Thanks, okay. Stephanie. <laughs> Time is meshing together. Uh, <laughs> three different geographical locations. Okay. So, Dahlia, you spoke about your ideas and people not really absorbing your ideas when you have a really good idea. <laughs> I, and I had an idea of what I said, I bet she has this energy in her well, regarding your ideas. And then, boom, it's right there, screaming at us. Right there, you have it. You have this energy for ideas, for seeking some kind of truth, this passion for seeking. You have these amazing ideas, amazing ideas that can be very entertaining for people. And it can also be very distracting for people and people would resist it, okay? And the reason why people are not absorbing your ideas with love and appreciation is because they didn't ask for it. <laughs> Wait until they ask for it. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is funny. But you are, Della, you do, like, I feel like your brain, I tell you all the time, your brain does not stop. I mean, she, she is generating 24 seven. <laughs> I'm like, but this is such a good idea. Don't you want it? And people are like, no, not really. <laughs> oh, that makes so much sense. Yep. And they're going to recognize it. If you just wait, the more you do this with the ideas, the more people are going to ask for it. It's a strange paradox. But yes. play with it. Mm, yeah, I can do that. Wow. I, I see the word martyr on here. Is, is there some positive way that we can understand the word martyr? <laughs> what, what is that? <laughs> that is good. Oh, I'm happy that you asked. I'm also a 1-3, an investigative martyr, so I'm very intimate with this theme of having a third line body. So before I talk about that, why am I saying third line and first line body? So if you look at the chart, the black represents the mind, okay? That represents less than 30% of who you are. It represents who you think you are, what you're aware of. The red represents the body, okay? Um, your genetics and what people see in you. And then when you put them together, you get that, that being in the middle, that's you, okay? So the martyr part for you is your body. Uh, if, if martyr sounds sounds, uh, I don't know, catastrophic, call it experimenter, okay? So that means that your body is here to literally make mistakes. Lots mm. and lots and lots and lots and lots of mistakes until you're dead, all right? That's the life of, uh, of a third line body, okay? The key for that is how you perceive these things. How do you perceive them? Accept that you're here for making lots of mistakes okay embrace mm -hmm. it and learn from it because you're here to let people know that this didn't work that's it okay and you're here to benefit also 
financially, very well financially. It's interesting, both you and both, both, both of you have bodies that are here to make lots of money. The difference between you both, um, Dahlia's in a very self-absorbed process. Okay, actually you both kind of have a self-absorbed process, but Stephanie is here more to actually influence the network. Okay, and you're, Dahlia, you're here to more to see for yourself what didn't work. And then I guess share with whoever's around you or oh, however it is. That is so cool. Interesting. That just feels good. I'm like, that's great news because I have made so many mistakes. <laughs> that is I, I already have so much I can share. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Yep. That's your, that's your bag of gold. Your mistakes is your bag of gold. I love that concept. Yeah. I love that. Wow. Good stuff. Great stuff. Yes. So if you're if you're one th three, are you both one three? You said. Yeah, I'm also a one three. And you are okay. Two, so four. I'm a hermit. What does that mean? If I'm a hermit. <laughs> that sounds so funny. <laughs> These words. <laughs> Martyr. <laughs> Martyr. Hermit. <laughs> All right. So oh, okay. in common English, the the, the hermit. So you're naturally a gifted person, okay? You're naturally gifted and you really want your, to just do your own thing and your own time, your own space, and no pressure from anyone. Mm -hmm. Yet, no matter what you do as a hermit, people are pressuring you. There, there's this projection. People project onto you, hey, you have these gifts, right? There are some gifts people are going to see in you that you don't see in yourself. And this is what people are going to pressure onto you because they see these things, these gifts. Your gifts are being very selective with, with who you communicate with, okay? And your gifts are also your ideas. So both you and Dahlia have this in common. Dahlia will probably see gifts, uh, really amazing ideas that, uh, that you come up with. And you probably don't even notice that you have these ideas, all right? And you can feel this pressure inside of yourself that, oh, my God, this person is expecting this from me, but I don't have it. And in reality, you do. So when people are saying, pointing to you and saying, hey, you've got this, they're mostly, they're most likely right, okay? And uh, a hermit is more, more to themselves, yet they're so into themselves, right? That they, 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 they express themselves so vulnerably because they only see themselves and they don't realize that they're expressing themselves totally vulnerable and they're in the middle of a street in New York <laughs> and everybody can see them. Everybody sees you, and two isn't aware of that. Oh, that that's really so interesting. Cool. So then, what's the opportunist piece? The opportunist. So that's how your body is, and just like I said, regarding the networking. Okay. okay. So, so that means it's funny because the two isn't really looking for that opportunity. The opportunity comes to you. It's really funny. Oh, that's so true. That yeah. is. That's so interesting. Gosh. This wow. is crazy. And, and this, all of this stuff, right, is all amalgamated when you're listening to your, your specific decision-making key. Okay? So for you, it's patience and then responding with your gut. 
for, for, for you, Stephanie. Mm -hmm. And for Dahlia, it's simply listening to your gut in the moment. That's when mm -hmm. all these things naturally happen. They, they, they naturally occur, occur. Your only responsibility is being aware of yourself and making and, and trusting your body to make these decisions for you. Oh, wow. Because there are two sides to everything. For instance, uh, the the two four can end up just being uh, oblivious and naive, and seeing absolutely nothing, and being a victim to that that naivete, okay, and can be very very victimized from this. I've experienced it. I've had a lot of um, interactions with twos, okay, and I've really seen this. And so it's very important to align yourself. Human design is all about aligning yourself to where in space you need to be and the direction that you need to be going in. So there are always two sides, okay? All right? Wow. And for, for instance, for Dahlia, you're a one three. So a one three is someone who, who needs to go very, very deep into things, okay? Psychologically, psychologically deep into things to really feel secure in whatever it is that you're focused on studying, okay? And when you get that security, that can only exist from within, it can't be given to you. You have to, it's kind of like, basically you gotta mm. earn it by getting deeper to things. And when you get that, you're fine. If you don't have that, you will feel the opposite, really insecure, okay? And make decisions off of that insecurity. Absolutely, I can see that. So I saw for Dahlia, under the mind, her motivation's hope, my motivation's fear. Does that just mean what? Yeah drives us i hope mine's not just fear <laughs> <laughs> these words <laughs> i know the I words like really words. get you <laughs> i love these words yeah maybe we can maybe we can as as humanity change the words to make it more uh, yeah. every day i don't know yeah but let's just keep it as it is at the moment so the psychological motivation since that's what you're asking um mm -hmm. that's all about how you're psychologically motivated. That's only important for your, your relationship with other people, mm. okay? It's, it's important to know that. It's not about making any decisions. Okay. It's only about in relation to other people and your environment. So for um, if someone who has hope, so Dahlia has hope and mm -hmm. Stephanie has fear, all right? So someone who's hopeful, they're here to allow, allow life to come to you. So say, um, you're in a kitchen okay and the sink doesn't work anymore okay mm -hmm. a hopeful person would say it'll fix itself or somebody would fix it <laughs> and that's healthy <laughs> really and sounds right sounds right <laughs> <laughs> and a person who's motivated by fear would say oh my god this thing is broken i need to learn exactly what needs to what we need to do to fix this thing every single detail and only once i have all these details then i can i don't know, I don't know feel good <laughs> feel that i can actually survive the situation with no water in the sink interesting oh. that does kind of, that definitely sounds like <laughs> yeah i'm yeah i'm pretty much like oh i'm sure it'll be fine i'm going to go do something <laughs> else like <laughs> and, and i'm i'm the person I'm on WebMD every second trying to diagnose and figure out like treatments for everything. And that is funny. That makes a lot of sense though. 
if you're not in alignment, there can only be that you're either allowing your mind to direct you or somebody else's mind to direct you. Mm, right. I feel like we've already learned so much. Woo! <laughs> I'm sure we're gonna do a lot more reading about this. Is there, are there any resources you recommend? Can we follow you online to see more of the content that you're putting out there? You can find me on, on Instagram and Facebook at authentically you. Um, A-U-T-H-E-N-I-C-A-L-L-Y, letter U, and then Sean Lord, S-E-A-N-L-O-R-D, on Facebook and Instagram. I am on Fiverr. You can find me, Sean Lord, on Fiverr, and you're free to contact me. You can email me at authenticallyyou at protonmail.com, and I'm happy to give readings for individuals and partners and groups also do readings for groups of people oh i didn't know you did readings for groups yes i oh this is this is this cool. is really exciting this is so useful we appreciate you coming on the show we'll put all of those links in the show notes mm -hmm. it's just exciting to have another tool that we can use and i like that you say you know experiment you don't have to take anything at face value you use it and see what is true for you or what I guess you understand at this time, <laughs> what you're ready to hear or believe. Yes. This yeah. has been fantastic. I found this so fascinating. I'm already going to text them and tell them all about this. And I know they'd be really interested. So, you know, we'll spread the good word because this is so fascinating. Get you on the way to yeah, the, how so many million people? You said 10% of the world's population. How many yes. people do you want to reach? A uh, minimum 750 million people. All right. Well, We're we going to help get you. Cracking. Yes. Woo! Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming Thank on, you. Sean. Is there anything else you, you feel called to share that we want to get out to everyone? Yes. Have fun with your life. Mm, oh, I it. love that. We need that's that ending beautiful. this year. That is great. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has thank been you. awesome. Yeah, thank you both too. And congratulations on knowing more about yourself. That's a wrap. Thank you to everyone who has been with me since the beginning. This has been a beautiful learning experience. I got to explore so many themes that interest me. I really do enjoy the work that I do now in school nutrition, but as time has gone by, I've realized that this is something that's for a phase in my life. This isn't what I will be doing for the duration of my working years. My passion is in equity and social justice, helping people with racialized identities, helping people who are being otherized experience the greatest level of happiness and contentment that they can in present tense. That is really my passion. I see a lot of people doing work, especially now, in a very visible way around diversity, equity, and inclusion, 
but this work is still typically centered on the dominant culture's experience and providing more information through that lens, centering on whiteness, centering on that audience that just does not light me up. And there is a myriad of content out there specifically for white folks who are interested in diversity, equity, and inclusion. That is not my passion. My passion is helping people who are currently in the muck of dealing with the consequences of white supremacy, dealing with the fallout from this belief that there is one best way to be human and everyone who falls outside of that is going to receive inferior treatment. My passion is serving the people that are on the receiving end of the abuse and trying to help make their lives, our lives, as joyful as possible right now. The stress that people experience from being otherized, from being racialized is so, so high. I cannot see waiting for these systemic changes to begin addressing that people need tools right now to deal with all the stress. Body-led eating certainly helps. Mindfulness helps. Getting into practices that help you feel a sense of safety or security simply because it grounds you in the present moment and to enter a space that's less reactive so that you can tolerate those feelings of discomfort when they come up and simultaneously experience joy in your life on a full level. Because unfortunately, to really experience the joy you also have to be present to experience pain and discomfort. But when we have not gotten to a point that we can manage those feelings of discomfort and sit with them, then we also are going through other positive experiences a little numbed out. So I've gotten clear that that is my calling and I'm sure there will continue to be shifts as far as how I share tools, what tools I center on to help support that calling. But I'm clear on it now. And there were so many barriers. There are just so many barriers that can stop you from feeling like it's safe to pursue what you've been called to do. Wherever you are with understanding what your purpose is and feeling so convicted that you're ready to pursue it, even if there will be pushback, even if you question how many people want to hear the message that you have to share, how many people need the work that you feel called to do, I encourage you to stick with exploring the possibility that maybe what your intuition keeps telling you is indeed the truth. Maybe trusting yourself is the work that you need to center on, not looking for more and more tools and more and more ideas about what you should be doing. Maybe spend some time working on building yourself trust. That is definitely a recurring theme in my clubhouse rooms and on the other podcasts. So please check that out. I highly recommend the episode with Melvin Nix called You Are in the Middle of Your Purpose. 
because it captures such a common feeling that we aren't in alignment, we aren't where we should be in life, we feel like we're behind, something's off, but the fact of the matter is you can't ever fully get off track from what you were meant to do. You can just take really long detours and eventually you will end up right where you were supposed to be. Think about how many times that has been true for you. I know that is a recurring theme in my life. Just working on shortening the gap between knowing what I should do, what I am called to do, and having the courage to just go ahead and do it. You heard Sean mention that one of my gifts is that I'm going to make all the mistakes And so much of the wisdom that I have to share is about the mistakes that I have made. So I hope this episode has been helpful to you. Stephanie and I would love to hear from you. You will see our information in the show notes. Please stay in touch.